This is a honky-tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey, everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Priceless. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Wrestler Review. I'm Dylan Gott, and... I'm John Hastings, and ladies and gentlemen, welcome to... The Bam Bam Bigelow episode, an episode that we might have to do two parts of, because fuck me, did this guy, he is the goddamn Forrest Gump of wrestling, because he was next to a lot of very cool, important moments, and the victims of a lot of bullshit, one of the big victims of the clique, or click, or whatever the fuck they were stupidly called, whatever. Yeah, yeah, he does not like the click, um, also way more, it, has, it sounds obvious, but way more like, it, he was way more prevalent in Japan, than I thought. Oh, well, he also was uh, very involved in the MMA world, Dylan. <laughs> oh, I saw that. That, uh, we will be discussing that one because that was very funny. That is literally just a man who's like, what are you going to do with my body? Where's the money? Cool. I do pills. <laughs> yeah, man. Scott. He got beat up. He got beat up really badly. <laughs> He was an am- Listen, he's a fucking amazing wrestler, and you could see, basically, if he had debuted in 1980 as opposed to 1986, he would have been the monster of the fucking territories for sure. Yeah, true. But- I mean, what... I think he came along at the right time, because he's like, um... He's like a Stan Hansen character, oddly. Like, he's the last of that breed of, like... He goes and plays global federations like their territories, but he can because he's so in demand, because he has such a unique build. And he has a tattooed head. Let's not let's let's start off with the tattooed head. I you told me you would tell me how he got his head tattooed. I specifically didn't research it. Even though I actually researched this episode, watched a lot of Bam Bam Bigelow matches. Let me tell you, him adding the greetings from Asbury Park as a finishing move absolutely changed his character completely. From going from the top rope headbutt to greetings from Asbury Park, a world of fucking difference. How did he get the fucking flame tattoo on his head, baby? Ooh, uh, Larry Sharp was like, do you want to be a millionaire or do you want to be a millionaire? That's it. Is that actually true? He took advice from Larry Sharp? That's as per Bruce Pritchard. Um, well, Larry, uh, Bruce Pritchard, as we all know, has been called a con man by Dave Meltzer, which I think is one of the funniest things ever. Why is he called? Well, I mean, yeah, for sure he is. He's a carny. Oh, for sure. But like, it's just very funny that Dave Meltzer's like, this guy's a piece of shit. And I'm like, this is the guy you've decided is a piece of shit, Dave Meltzer. You will listen and take credibility from everyone. It's like, I'll never forget when Rick Rude ate 11 Percodan and then snorted two Quaaludes and put them up his butt and then told me that Vince McMahon was a tree. He's a tree, you know? And it's like, what? No, no, Dave, don't listen to him. Oh, I was recently talking to a guy who's met Brock Lesnar's brother. Get this, Brock Lesnar owns the NFL. <laughs> I do like that, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, official reporter uh, Dave Meltzer from Pro Wrestling. Dave, what's it like to what's it like to really take care of pro wrestling? There are, there are forty two there are forty two pencils in this room. <laughs> there are there are there are nine there are ninety there are ninety six hairs on your on your wrist. Oh, that's interesting, Dylan. That you don't think people with autism are people. That's good. No, that- I would say he's Rain Man, which is an autistic person. You fucking racist. You know, the fact that I mentioned that he is, and then you assume that's bad, means that you're racist. No, no, that's you. Shut up. Fuck. Bag it up. Throw it outside. It's garbage day, John. You gotta wait a bit. 
Garbage man's going to pick it up. Did the garbage man show up? Nope, they're on strike. That's what I say after insults now. It's really long, but I think it's worth it. You know what? I feel I feel fucking I feel like I was put down. Good one. <laughs> um, can we start in the early life thing cuz I I think I got some stuff. I think I got some stuff that's pretty good. We can do whatever we uh, want. Kick it off, baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> do you want to start at the end? He's dead now. Let's start in the middle. He won the ECW title. He was in the jer- He was in the Jersey Triad. That's just before the end. This is good. <laughs> I like how we're jumping around. Um He's a, everyone knows he was a bounty hunter. Um, his explanation of that was that he was a big dude and he wanted to beat the shit out of people. And then he did. Yeah. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow is everything that is the, like the tri-state area. Actually, like everyone will talk about like, Oh, New York is really in in mink coats. And it's like, no, it's not. It's a man with a flame tattoo being like, Oh, dentist. I don't think you, uh, maybe you misunderstand. I'm wearing this dress as a joke, not a woman. (laughs) <laughs> he's why i think it's funny when bugs bunny wears that uh dress dressed like a chick because it's ridiculous yeah he's ridiculous to want to do that here's the thing with me second amendment means if you don't have a gun on your person you're a communist okay cool <laughs> the sopranos uh, is a documentary a couple of things i don't like about it one christopher's weak two Bruce Springsteen's friend isn't in it enough. Three, not enough T-jobs. That's tit-jobs. As in, not enough people jizzing on tits. That's what I call a tit-job. Okay, cool. I'm going to do some pills. Okay, cool. Yo, I was just hanging out with Shane Douglas calling him a pussy because he only does pills in the evening. You do pills in the morning, you got to get out of bed. Got to boom. <laughs> he, um, he was in, uh, so he's a bounty hunter. He stops doing that, starts bouncing, not really going anywhere. He was an am- all-American amateur wrestler in high school. Oh, I'll, ex- I'll explain, by the way. Uh, his high school was the shed out back of his dad's house where his dad used to get high <laughs> and tell him about what he thought school was. And then he basically, he went to school and he beat up a bunch of teens and he and then his dad bought him a jacket and said all-American. Yeah, it was just an American flag that his dad uh, used to put out his cigarette butts. And he's like, you're an all-American. <laughs> You're an all-American, Scott. <laughs> his name is Scott and, uh, Charles Bigelow. Like it, there was no thought put into his name. It was literally like, "What's his name? I don't know. I'm hot, Scott. What's his middle name? Uh, he's a prince, Charles. There we go. Fuck you." Yeah, it really. I don't like it when people have normal middle names. You're supposed to have like a you're supposed to have like a weird middle name. Yeah, well, your middle name is ridiculous, Atherton. Adlington. What's your middle name? Robert. Ooh, ooh, ooh! It's John Bob. John Bob. That's me, John Bob. John Bob McNeish Hastings. All right, go back. Let's get fucking. Let's get into his debut in the fucking in Memphis wrestling. I love it so much. Oh, he he trains at Larry Sharp's Monster Factory. Gives Larry Sharp ten percent of his earnings in perpetuity. It's so fucking ridiculous. So he got fucked over by Larry Sharp, but Larry Sharp is one of those. For those of you who don't know Larry Sharp, he basically, like Bam Bam Bigelow was kind of the start of Larry Sharp's Monster Factory, was he not? I believe so. If you look at the timing, he was the start of it. He was also a guy that Larry Sharp clearly pushed a lot. Um, And Bam Bam Bigelow, by the way, huge fucking um, presence. A lot of uh, territories really wanted him. Larry Sharp directed him towards Memphis. Um, but it was one of those things where every wrestling territory is like, this guy is going to get seen by the Fed, and he'll be in the Fed in 10 seconds. Yeah, because uh, Larry Sharp also, uh, he also had King Kong Bundy as well around that time. But he would basically, like, he would do, um, how would you say it? He was a ama- 
on screen, he was a manager uh, of these big dudes who he trained and he found. Mm-hmm. And in reality, the exact same thing. Like yeah. The exact same thing. And now, how did he debut Bam Bam Bigelow? He debuted, um, he beat Jerry Lawler in like his first match. No, no, no. There's okay. an interview he uses to unveil Bam Bam Bigelow, which is great. Well, what is it? Oh, he's, he walks on with a man in a white sheet already in Memphis. What the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> and that he's supposed to be a heel? Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. this new good guy? I don't, I don't understand why everyone's cheering for him. We debuted him uh, wearing a white. Oh, I see what we did. Um, he's wearing. Oh, no. He's wearing a white sheet, and he goes through his body, explaining how muscular he is. And then you get to his belly, yeah. and just the way they have the camera, he just looks incredibly fat. Also, he mm-hmm. still he still has a bag on his head, and then he finally finally takes the bag off of his head and just shows Bam Bam Bigelow grimacing. He immediately gets put in a program um, with uh, Jerry Lawler. Uh, with Kid Fucker. With Kid Fucker, Jerry Lawler, and he's feuding with Austin Idol and Ter- uh, Tommy Rich. At this time, those fucking, they are huge over as, I, I, the problem with Memphis Wrestling is it's basically Austin Idol and Jerry Lawler feuded back and forth for years, but it would be like one's a babyface, now one's a heel, now one's a heel, now one's a babyface. I believe because it's 1987, Jerry Lawler was a heel, but I could be absolutely wrong. Yes, no, that would make sense because they're gearing up for him to go up against Kerry Von Erich. And he was the heel in that match in, yeah, one of the most bloody, disgusting matches ever. Um, oh, and uh, and we got Bill Dundee in there, who Bam Bam Bigelow says is shit on his shoe. He does not like, no one likes Bill Dundee. Jim Cornette likes Bill Dundee. That's the only person I can find that like has like great, positive things to say about. Oi, mate, you want a boy up? A wallaby that's filled with a hate black people. Oh my! That's my build on. Good day, mate. I'm from Scotland. This is my son. He's ten, and this is his girlfriend, my wife. <laughs> oh, hello, Bill Watts. Here's an idea for next program. All right, mate. What we're going to do is I fuck your car. <laughs> It's a, it's old fashioned, but I think you gotta fuck your mom before you fuck a real girl. Yes, you got to go back to where you came from before you can visit other towns, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you switched the Scottish from a bad Australian to an, to like a that. to a Liverpool at a certain point. Oh, hello, Ooh. I'm Bill Dundee. I'm in the Beatles. Now it's Irish again. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's the problem with you. Oh, good day. You don't have enough respect for your mom oh, to fuck her. Good day, Bam Bam Bigelow. Do you know how I came up with the nickname Bam Bam? Oh, uh, I came up with it myself. Oh, that's true. What I did was I was thinking about it when I was fucking my mom, and my dad kept banging on the door. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Apparently, um, uh, so Bam Bam Bigelow, oh, here's another thing from his, when he was a kid. Apparently, like, as he was training in the Monster Factory, he, uh, he was, like, friends with Diamond Dallas Page, because Page owned that nightclub in uh, New Jersey, right? And Bam Bam was in, uh, he was, like, friendly with some biker gangs. Of course. Of course he was. And he was already named Bam Bam. Yeah. This dude just had his gimmick done. Like, he was just, he came in a finished product, man. I will because uh, so then he was also immediately good at wrestling. Like immediately, he was am- amazingly good at wrestling and doesn't get that bad at wrestling and adjusts with the times. So it goes. He's then briefly in WCW under the Russian gimmick of 
Crusher Yerkoff. Then he goes to the WWF. Now, the WWF claims they were already aware of him. Paul Heyman claims it was because he held a wrestling card at Studio 54, attended by Ric Flair for no reason whatsoever. And Can I tell this? Yes. Is it... Was it? It was the WCCW with Fritz von Erich. Fritz von Erich was worried that apparently Bam Bam would upstage him and his kids. So Crusher Yurkov, John, what is Yurkov? Jerkoff. Fuck yeah! I didn't even fucking think of that. I fucking love wrestling. How about your name is? Uh, how about your name is uh, Crusher Yurkov? What <laughs> name is uh, the Destroyer of Cum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're from Yugoslavia, and your name is. Sergey, my dick. <laughs> yeah, we should pick weird Eastern Bloc countries. Oh, you're from Estonia? Your name is uh, Mishka, my butt. <laughs> you're the evil Finnish guy. Uh, and you finish on Chick Cities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your name is Alexi. And uh, it's uh, Alexi in my. Uh, Alexi on my tits. I mean, we'll just go for the baker because all you do is cream pie. And you cream pie oh, the, the greatest joke you've ever written in my entire life. That's the greatest. Ladies and gentlemen, Dylan, when he was going through a breakup, it was the best joke that never worked and I love it was he would walk on stage and go, hi, everybody, I'm newly single. You know what that means? The baker's in town and he's cooking up only cream pies. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that we don't need to excuse, explain what a cream pie is to our audience. Yeah. Which is very refreshing because when you have to explain it, it ruins the joke because they learn that you're a creep. Yeah, no, they that the, the, the thing with that joke ironically is that the audience already has to buy into how creepy you are. <laughs> they have to know it so they're implicit in how creepy you yeah. are. Believe in me and my come. <laughs> so he goes to the WWF. Goes to the WWF. And, uh, he debuts in the Battle for Bigelow. Or Battle or Battle for Bam Bam, pardon me. Yeah, they do the uh the thing we actually talked about with the Miss Elizabeth episode where a bunch of managers come out and they vie to manage Bam Bam Bigelow. Now, here's a problem, and they actually talk... Bam Bam himself talks about this uh, quite extensively, really, is that he had this problem where he had... He was a six foot four, 350-pound to 400-pound man with a, a head full of flames, so you would automatically assume... That is a heel, but the problem is that he can do a fucking drop kick and a cartwheel. And like, like I, I will say this: I didn't for a long time watch Bam Bam Bigelow early '80s matches. If you have the time, please watch those matches. He is so athletic; it is fucking. Oh, it's amazing. He's a he's a naturally gifted wrestler. And actually, what I think that they made the mistake is they should have put him with Slick, because this is WrestleMania three into WrestleMania four. And he would have been the perfect blow-off, Hogan's not the champion, Macho Man is opponent. Like, And they sort of build it up that he's you know Hogan's first best friend besides Macho Man, but they're building towards the Mega Powers exploding and building up Akeem and the Big Boss Man. But Because the thing is, yeah, Bigelow is, can do all those things, but you put that in a heel that's targeting Hulk Hogan, holy fucking shit, how fucking dangerous is that of being like, Oh my God! Can Hulk Hogan withstand the moon salt from Bam Bam Bigelow? This guy's hurting people. He's a fucking monster. He does things that none of the other Hogan opponents can really deal with. The problem also is, is that I guarantee Hogan's like, let me tell you something, dude. 
I'm not getting fucking drop kicked, dude. My guy with a dude <laughs> tattoo on his head, dude. Like they also make some weird choices. Like he's a good guy, but for some reason is wearing a flame onesie, and he still has a manager, which was always a signal in the Fed that you were a bad guy. And it's Oliver Humperdinck, a man who started wrestling in Quebec, and they gave him the name Oliver Humperdinck because one of the Rougeau brothers, one of the older ones, was like, uh, "It sounds English, so we will hate you." <laughs> And Oliver also, Humperdinck is literally dressed like if someone described to you what Liberace wore, but didn't you never saw a photo of it. And it's so fucking yeah. shitty and weird. It's not explained why we should care about Oliver Humperdinck, why we should know who he is. His theme music doesn't line up with who Bam Bam Bigelow's like you see Bam Bam Bigelow and you're like put on some loud heavy fucking rock music and it was literally like ping 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 yeah like it's just fucking bad yeah it was a weird weird presentation because like you say Bam Bam is such like a visible badass but but it's also a time where they they don't really have badasses in the ring like the like Macho Man's supposed to be crazy but he's not actually like he doesn't do anything that crazy besides like. Sometimes he wears glittery robes. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, like the Macho Man's crazy. Idea. He's treating that woman with respect. <laughs> in I in the Fed, I'd say he Oliver Humperdinck looks like he kind of looks like Willy Wonka. I guess I don't know. It's really weird. He was the if um, he was a Russian character in the WCCW, he'd be called Wilhelm Wankyu. <laughs> No, that makes more sense than fucking. What was it? Crusher Yurkov? Yeah. Like, how close were they making his first name to He's Gonna? Or <laughs> For sure does. <laughs> Loves to uh, his last name and then. Oh, yeah, because 1987 is like the watch. fucking depths of WCCW. So it's literally just like Fritz von Erich has like 11 types of cancer, all of his kids are dead. He's drinking. He, he like him and Paul Bosch are fighting. Bill Watts is just running around buying things. Oh, it's so fucking depressing. Yeah. It's not but the make this go watch if you haven't Bam Bam Bigelow's 1987-1988 run in the WWF. And for that matter is running Jim Crockett because they he is a full baby face. Like and you're right, he comes out to like what would you say? He comes out to like soul music in the wwf like that's his yeah song? that's what I, I just talked about this for it, it, it doesn't match who he is and they fucking push him they make no, i know you just talked about it but it's like it's just so it's so, it's weird. so weird and you can see that vince likes him but isn't really sure what to do with him because um well he's like he, a not he's not a um he's not, he's a talent he's a can't miss talent like the dude could do a fucking car wheel at, like and the other thing is to understand how big dudes were before this like to understand how transformative bam bam bigelow was of what a 400 pound talent can be the most athletic big man before him was jerry blackwell and jerry blackwell could do a drop kick like i can do a sweet chin music <laughs> like it's like oh he with proficiency yeah, the fucking best one you've ever seen. Yeah, very good. As I as I thought, I knew my dick was hard for a reason because you're talking no, it about looks how like good you are. Slipping on ice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like someone slipping on ice. Jerry Blackwell's dropkick. It looks like someone's slipping on ice, but in that way where they know it's happening the whole time, mm-hmm. so they kind of roll with it. But also, you can make fun of them really badly afterwards, and it will hurt their feelings. Like, oh, like how I always talk to you because I always hurt your feelings because I'm good at insults. You're you're a fucking. F- 
piece of shit. You know that? Not true. I'm a man, unlike you, slept in late, not providing for his family. I provide for my family. You know what my family is? Your family. I got you pregnant. Boom. I've said this before and I've said it again. Men cannot get pregnant, Dylan. Yes, they can. You didn't see Oh, that good point. Where Schwarzenegger gets pregnant? Uh, um, oh, fuck. I was about to say, what's the pump, pumping iron? Damn it. The joke's fucked up. Pumping iron. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Would you pump Jeremy Iron? Rude. Um, so after WrestleMania 4, okay, first of all, by the way, he is the he survives longer in a Survivor Series match than Hulk Hogan at the first Survivor Series. Um, gets put into a program with the one-man gang after WrestleMania 4, is dominant with that. Now, in the, back, uh, in the backstage area, he's apparently a real fucking dick. And they know he's going out because he needs knee surgery, so they put him in a match with Andre the Giant, and Andre the Giant just... Literally beats him up. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. Um, Vince, he said that the WWF was a better company than WCW, but he also said that like he was injured and Vince didn't understand why he needed time off, and that's why he left the first run. Essentially, was yeah, that's what he, he injured. What that's what he claims. He then there's other sides of it where they were like he was an egotistical dick and thought he was going to be the next Hulk Hogan. Which the thing is is. He's kind of right. He could have been the next Hulk Hogan. Also, he's two years at this point. He's two years into being a wrestler. No, he's less than that. He's a year and a half into being a wrestler. And he's already like being positioned at the top. Of course he thinks he's fucked. All that in a bag of tricks. Because he's fucking great. The other thing that's crazy about Bam Bam Bigelow is he's, his weight that he is his entire career. Like He's a bit of a fat fuck in 1987, and he just stays that heavy forever. Yeah, it's fucking huge. He's... Like, cannot, once again, his, because his old finishing move was a splash where he would jump, he would do a slingshot splash from out from the apron to the middle, to the middle of the ring, pretty much. Oh, it's fucking insane. And then he adapted into the headbutt. He very briefly went to WCW and JCP before he, this begins his relationship with Japan. Um, he did not have a good time, although he was managed by Humperdinck again. He was set up to challenge Barry Windham, which, my God in heaven, could you fucking find a more interesting-looking guy in the ring and Billy fucking Boring Pants. <laughs> they kind of look, though. It kind of looks like a guy paid a biker to help him out. Yeah, it's... I like that. Um, the NWA really likes Bigelow. He wouldn't... Uh, but he had already signed a contract with New Japan. Um, uh, NWA and All Japan were linked, evidently. Yeah, because that was Baba... Um, so he yeah. also exits from um, new uh, from WCW. Really fucking concentrates in being New Japan. He formed a tag team with Big Van Vader. Man, oh man, what a fucking crazy tag team! Check out these fat fucks who were drunk. Um, just before uh, just before we talk about that though, in Crockett he talks about um, he wrestled Abdullah the Butcher, and Abdullah the Butcher had I don't know those. You know how Abby would tape his fingers? mm Hmm. There's razor blades in every conceivable part of that. <laughs> so he was like locking up with Abdul the Butcher and then basically gets him a headlock and goes, I don't want to lock up again. <laughs> Please stop cutting me. Abdul the Butcher, it's fucking crazy. If you listen to the hardcore match, uh, the hard best hardcore wrestlers on the premium stream, where one of us gets a little dark, if you ask me. Okay. That was me. Um, we really go in depth nice. on Abdullah the Butcher. An Abdullah the Butcher episode is coming. Abdullah the Butcher is a fascinatingly fucked wrestler. Like he's the <laughs> he's essentially the like he's the Andrew Dice Clay of wrestling in that he, as it turns out, is an all right guy. 
but his popularity was merited on nothing but evil. Oh, yeah. It's basically like, this guy's black, so he's a beast, and also, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, it's, it was terrifying. The fact that he was... The fact that that character was on television for a long time is terrifying. He's just a... That basically TV stations were like, well, that seems to be in order. What else is on... <laughs> yeah. Where's he from? Uh, I don't know. The Sudan, probably? Yeah, good. What's his last name? The Butcher. Mm, yeah, very good. <laughs> mm, interesting. It's weird that he Abdullah opened... Up, it's weird that it's Abdullah the Butcher... Fantastic op- name for a wrestler. It's weird Abdullah the Butcher opened a restaurant and not some sort of scar repair service. <laughs> not, yeah, some a place where you can get holes in your fucking skull filled in. Yeah. We have to do a lot of talking about Japan because there's some fucking crazy shit that's talked about. Go ahead. Ooh, um, his four years in Japan. So he used Japan way, way more than anybody else. Like that's the pro- that's the the bizarre thing about really about Bam Bam Bigelow is that he was way more established in Japan than he was in America. But everyone just thinks of him as an American talent, essentially. Um, well, he sort of he sort of is, Vader. It, he fucking hated Vader. Fucking hated Vader. He like he talks about a match where they did a WCW New Japan crossover, and they were supposed to wrestle Doom, and Vader got pissed off because even though Vader was on the way out of New Japan, um, he didn't want to do the job. Hilarious. And uh, huffs and puffs the whole match, and then Bigelow basically says like, oh, "I'll fucking do the job." They do the job, and then Vader is angry backstage because uh, he didn't get featured in the match. He was in the match for like. If you listen to any Bayman Bigelow talking, you will hate Vader <laughs> because not he's just like a big fucking baby. Yeah. Like if he's getting what he wants, he's fine. But if not, then he's like a big fuck stupid baby. And it's also not like he was good in the ring. Like he's an amazing wrestler to look at. But every guy who works with Vader is like, oh, you mean the time that that a guy from Colorado beat me up? <laughs> uh, so old 42 Spoons said that uh, apparently Bam Bam was talked about to um, box Mike Tyson as well. Oh, my God. That would have been fucking hilarious. That would have been horrible. Yeah. How many fucking legendary black athletes have to beat Bam Bam Bigelow before the man can rest in peace? <laughs> just, just, he's dead. Yeah, just the, just the ones we know who did cocaine in the 80s and 90s. So that's Lawrence Taylor, Mike Tyson, yep. Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry and Bam Bam Bigelow have a baseball bat match where they just beat each other up with baseball bats. <laughs> Yeah, and Bam Bam will do anything for money. Like, he legit, he doesn't even like titles. He was like, oh, it's extra weight in my bag. Also, That way I can't carry me. can't carry meat. I want to be able to carry meat. <laughs> um, Something, uh, well, actually, we should talk more about this after the break, because the next two things are pretty juicy, I think. All right, so he uh, leaves New Japan in 1992 goes and performs for various other promotions up until he returns back home to the WWF. We'll get to that all the way up to the Lawrence Taylor match right after these words. This one will be even shorter. Patreon.com backslash rest of the review. You know why to go there. And if you don't, suck it. There's shit on my ass. And we're back. So Dylan, what else happened to Bam Bam Bigelow when he was in Japan? Besides, I assume, thinking that he was the fire that came from Godzilla's mouth. <laughs> so, what's up, bro? I came out of, the, I came out of that fucking gecko's mouth, bro. That's what I do, bro. 
First of all, it's not cheating, bro, on your wife, bro. Thing. If you do it with someone from a different minority group, bro, and so he does why I sleep with all these redheads, bro. All right. So he gives the Stan Hansen Vader match. Apparently, Vader wanted like that was one of the first matches Stan Hansen had with Vader. Oh, you mean the one where Stan Hansen knocked his fucking eyeball out? Well, that was because Vader was kicking the fucking shit out of him, and Stan Hansen can't see. And obviously, Vader's like a better athlete, so he was beating the shit out of Stan Hansen, essentially what amounted to, at points, a real fight. And then Stan Hansen was like, headlock. And then he just, yeah. <laughs> he just knocked his fucking eye out of the socket. I don't, I've never heard of that in any other pro sport. Like, every, there has been millions. Because no other, no, in the NFL. No other sport or sport-like activity would employ a blind man to get into the ring and fake fight. Still, being able to hit someone hard enough that their eye comes out of their fucking skull is nuts. Yeah, that's because it's fucking Stan Hansen. He's out of his fucking mind. This is a guy that he <laughs> drove, and he's legally blind. You fucking piece of shit. Let me. Do you think he even knew who Bam Bam was? Oh, Vince, it's me, Stan. I don't want to be a wrestler for your company, but I do want to be in your movie. <laughs> Do you have a part in your movie where I can say people got small cocks? <laughs> let me tell I you. Like that. Let me tell you how I measure a man. How they take the lariat. How big their cock <laughs> is. <laughs> I like to lariat people's penises. Some people say that makes me a bisexual, but I don't know if that word's in the Bible. So I <laughs> just say that I am a professional. Now, if you disagree with my sexual orientation, you'll get a lariat. If my sandwiches are not made, white bread, butter, Various deli meats. I like them to be different colors. I'm a man who believes in integration. <laughs> Another piece of bread with butter. If that's not on the table at noon, I lariat you. And by you, I mean my wife, who's understanding. I imagine that he came up with the lariat where he just basically was like, I'm going to try and kill everybody over there, but I don't lose over there. <laughs> yeah. Stan Hansen. I knocked Stan Hansen's my so, wife, so blind. accountant, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Vader unconscious. This is how, Mission accomplished. This is how blind Stan Hansen is, is he thought the lariat was him punching people for four years. <laughs> he probably did. Lariat, lariat, he for lariat. Sure, he for sure did. Knocked his fucking eye out of the socket. And yeah, and apparently, like, Vader stiffed everyone huge because, especially in Japan... Because he was like, I... All, all the talent was older. Go for it. I assume Vader started being stiff with everyone because he was like, have any of you had your fucking eye knocked out? No? Then fuck you. I do what I please. Oh, no. Apparently, that was before that. He was, like, really... Like, he would just punch people in the fucking face. And then after that, uh, not so much in Japan, at least. Because he was, like, against all these super old American dudes, so... He's coming in as like, and he got the fucking great ride too, where it's, um, the way that Bam Bam got over in Japan, apparently it was Maeda job to him and Maeda didn't job to anybody mm -hmm. and Bam Bam then lost to Anoki. Oh, do you know what Maeda's uh, last Vader name was? started. That was his first name. No, no. It's Maeda's last name. Do you know what it is? He got given yeah, it. That at, was his last he, name. No, sorry. he got given it at in WCCW. Oh no, Maeda pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, uh. I'm coming. <laughs> Wait, you nut and come in different ways. This is my Japanese superstar immediately coming. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> uh, and then he'll he'll be facing the Von Erics 
with the help of Afghan monster penis that just come on it because he just took it out of his wife's vagina. Long name, but still very intimidating. Can you take more pauses in between as you, we can, so we can really hear you think of the next funny thing you're trying to say? Drama. I build drama. <laughs> you you build you build fucking you build fucking pup stick houses. Oh, what's pup a pup? Stick house. What's a pup stick house? You mean a pop stick house? You fucking melon head. What's a pop stick? Popsicle I stick. Popsicle stick. No, you said pup stick. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. It's re- no, it's recorded. Everyone right now is tweeting at you. Hashtag pup stick. Hashtag shut up your fat. Ha ha. John wins. Dylan loses because you're a loser. Oh, you a John's just a, a WCCW character would have been. Uh, uh, gentleman, nice guy. That's me. Fuck you. Off on fuck face, asshole, bitch. I w- or maybe Fritz von Erich. It would have been Fritz von Erich. Yep. I would have been a reasonable. I would have been a reasonable. Fucked your kids until they killed themselves. No, he never. How does that feel? Never fucked them. He just beat them up a lot. He for sure fucked. Them. No, he beat them up. So. All the time, like, him up, and then they and then they earned his dick. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> You're a good tough boy, Carrie. Yeah, Carrie. <laughs> time for, that's gross. Time for, <laughs> time for you to carry I'm the so load. Sorry about this. My load. Oh, 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 oh no! Everyone thinks that's that disgusting. everyone thinks Carrie lost a foot in a motorcycle accident. It's just that his dad fucked him so hard his foot fell off. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, he. No, his dad cut his foot off because he was he fucked up too many spots, and he re- and his dad replaced it with his own dick. His dad cut off his own dick and made it carry his foot. Oh well, all right, carry, 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 carry your your dick's my foot, carry. All right, good. Now, if you excuse me, I'm I'm gonna be the only professional athlete to smoke consistently and constantly on television. Uh, oh, that was another fun thing was. Not only did they name him Crusher Yurkoff instead of Bam Bam Bigelow, um, Bam Bam came in and Fritz immediately wanted to beat him because <laughs> it was like, because he was like, nobody's fucking better than me. It's my territory. You do know that when Fritz von Erich retired, um, the match he retired on was him just having a squash match against King Kong Bundy, and he, then he won it and declared himself champion for life. Really? Yeah. That's great. I'm in the champ. Thank you. Because they originally had the, like the, it was like called like the Texas USA Championship, and then they became the Texas Heavyweight Championship, and it's because the Texas US belt Fritz retired with, and it's like fuck you, Fritz von Erich. <laughs> That's so good. I love old promoters, and Triple H is an old like anytime anyone's like, oh, Triple H puts himself over too strong. It's like yeah, because he's an old promoter. Like that's what he's doing. John Cena's the best until Triple H wants to fucking fuck Stephanie real good, and then he decides to win the title because he wants to wear it while he's getting, I'm assuming, pegged. What I'm for sure pegged it, actually. Well, that's as we all know from the China interview that I love. He's into getting pegged, which is great. Nothing wrong with it, I guess. Um, Dylan. Anything else from Japan so could we can finally talk about his WWF run, which is when we actually all know about Bam Bam Bigelow? This one, my favorite. Great. This is probably my favorite thing about Bam Bam Japan. And it, you have to pardon my language. Bam Bam Bigelow refers to all Japanese people as Japs <laughs> and really steps into it. He's got no problem with it. <laughs> no. He... <laughs> loves Japanese. He loves Japanese wrestling. He thinks Japanese wrestling is much better than American wrestling. The only thing he was like, when asked about Japanese wrestling, he's like, the Japs have it figured out. Like he says it so much. Oh no! But he never says any bad 
things about Japanese people, really. He's just an old school racist man from the eastern coast, the east coast of the United States. All these these Jews really know how to run a family, and let's not start talking about the schwuggies, but may I say, great dancers is basically who Bam Bam Bigelow is. He says a lot of things like that. Yeah, that's exactly who this fucking fat idiot had, is. Yeah, he's never had, uh, like, his thoughts on Goldust are perfect. That's gay. Perfect. That's bad. I guarantee that that's what came out of his head. No, he was like, um, he just basically talks about how, well, actually, we'll talk about it because it's one of his problems with the click. So let's go talk about the WWF run he had. Starting in late 92. Late 92, he is brought in, beats up Jerry Fox on, um superstars and my oh my is it a fucking mugging yeah he's in the ro- he's great he's great in squash matches yeah and they basically his whole character is that he likes saying bam bam and that he has uh he has uh he uses his head as powerful because of his uh flame tattoo that's what they basically claim is that his head is powerful because it's on it's actually on fire hence the tattoos it's yeah it's pretty fucking great guys i don't know if you <laughs> Like it's one of those things where you're like, no, oh yeah, they're leaning into this baby. Like it's fucking, it's good stuff. Do you agree that he would have really transitioned well, or better into like into a star if he didn't have the flame, like singlet? Like that's a really eighties, nineties thing, is it not? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where he almost needed to be a bit more cut because he was also he looks so old school as a wrestler, and I'm sure that held him back a bit. From Vince, where he was just like, I can't fucking, I can't put the belt on this fucking flame-wearing git. There's no way he was going to put the belt on him, because he, Vince, more than any other promoter in the history of pro wrestling, just has something against fat, uh, just basically fat performers. 100%. He kept wanting Vader to lose weight, Um, and I don't think he, it was an issue with Bam Bam, although I didn't really, like... I couldn't really find anything where people would talk about how Vince viewed Bam Bam. Well, it's the thing is, is that he was a bit on the outside looking in because of the click. Now, he comes into 92, the click hasn't really formed. Bam Bam gets a big push. He gets all the way to the finals. Fuck you, John, for dropping the microphone. All the way to the finals of the King <laughs> of the Ring. Um, yeah. He defeats Typhoon on the way there. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. It's a really fucking good competitive match with uh, Bret Hart. They talk about how Bam Bam's so big, they don't know if they'll be able to get the sharpshooter on him because the way his body designed, his body is designed, his legs are too small for him to cinch it in. Which you're like, that's a bit insulting, but it actually is a. It sort of makes them gives the match a good dynamic. Um, he uh, then debuts his love interest and main squeeze, Luna Vachon, and he feuds briefly with Tatanka, and then shit gets really fucking stupid. Because they have him feud long-term with Doink the fucking clown. Apparently, too, that Bam Bam beat Doink, like, got Doink kicked out of wrestling, is alleged. Not wrestling, but of the WWF, because they got caught smoking, because he told on Doink for, like, smoking weed or something? Like, something really fucking weird. When it was Matt Bourne. Um, so when Matt Bourne got kicked out, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we got Matt Bourne kicked out, and... Um, but the thing that's weird with Doink, by the way, is... Dink, apparently. But there's more than right. there's more than one Doink. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Osborne isn't Doink by the time they get to WrestleMania 10. That's the, that's Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn bar- brawler, I believe. Matt Bourne, you're saying, yeah. And yeah. Matt Bourne is like... Matt, yeah, we should do an episode on that Doink, because like that was like... They basically talk about... Pritchard talks about this extensively where he says 
um, that we gave Matt Bourne this character and was like, he's a bad clown. And he's like, once you get over one place, you can get over anywhere. And that's what we're relying on Matt Bourne essentially for. Yeah, that he's going to be able to get this fucking character over. And he fucking does. He's fucking scary and creepy and weird. But then they realize the f- they're like, we can't. We're a kids show, and we're literally having a fucking horror villain on it. Yeah. Um, really? Is that the impetus for it? And then they just like have. And also, it's Matt Bourne, so they're just like, oh god, like, what smells like wet cigarettes? Oh, it's Matt Bourne. <laughs> um, your teeth are yellow. Oh, those are cigarette butts. You just put them in your mouth to replace your teeth. Oh, carry on. Yeah, Matt Bourne's so crazy. Even though when he's like in the grips of alcoholism and is about to die he's like before i die make sure you scatter my ashes on kevin nash's face i only have one thing to ask for before i die a beer Ooh, yeah. <laughs> i i would like to do a fucking yeah because i'm not sure i think i don't think yeah it's all right i don't think it's matt born by the time they get to wrestlemania 10 i don't believe it to be I think then that's Steve Lombardi. Um, but yeah, he's shooting with yeah. Doink. Um, once he's good, once he's good, Doink. To clear this up, once he's good, Doink. That is Steve Lombardi. Um, Bigelow feuded with. Um, do you rem- he's feuded with Tatanka for a minute, and uh, he also claims like Bam Bam's. Th- here's the thing about Bam Bam is that he's not just like so many big talents like Mark Henry. And we obviously put like what other fat talents do we have. Mark Henry, even like Vader, guys like that, they can't work. But Bigelow was put in was put in the ring with newbies and basically trained them up. Yeah, Bigelow he, looks he fucking intimidating as shit. Care about jobbing? No, he doesn't. He just is like, give me the fucking money. Dada needs perky perks. Like, it's fucking. <laughs> it's basically. No, but it, but he's the last territorial wrestler. Where it's like it doesn't matter. And I think that a lot of that's actually filtered into current WWE, where they go the winners and losers don't matter, and to go yeah for very certain particular guys it doesn't matter who wins and loses. Yeah. Everywhere else it does. Sting will always be painted with a certain brush because he lost to Triple H at WrestleMania 31. That match would have gone on over so much better if he had just won the match. Like, I don't understand to this day why they didn't just do that. Uh, because, I mean, the, history kind of vindicated them, though, because those were his sec- that was his second last match. And he lost to Rollins, but... I mean, whatever, it's because Triple H owns the fucking territory and he wanted to beat Sting. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's just so fucking stupid. He probably yelled, that's for Ric Flair, and and forgot wrestling was fake at that point. I'm sure Triple H doesn't actually know what's real and what's fake. Did you know that one of his daughters is named Kay Fabe Helmsley? Yes. He also changed her last name to Helmsley. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The other two daughters, they're in the real world, but he's training only one of them to be a wrestler, and that's Kay Fabe well, Helmsley. You, you gotta live the gimmick. Uh. Yeah. He's one of those guys. He 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 comes a bit at the end. He does that like uh, yeah at the end. But he just tried to manufacture it into going, uh. <laughs> but it's but when he's uh, Hunter Hearst tells me it's yeah yeah when they uh, when they recorded his first theme uh, song out of DX the the when it goes what's he it it's one that's him coming yeah it's one it's a, what's he it it's one me oh uh, uh. <laughs> you all. But he trained up Tatanka, Bam Bam did. He trained up Scott Norton, apparently. 
Ludwig Borga as well. Ludwig Borga. Fun fact about Ludwig Borga, actual Nazi. Really? Yeah, apparently they went, someone was looking at his leg and was like, oh, that looks like a swastika. Like, it is. I believe in that. Oh, God. <laughs> Him and Ron and Don Harris. Ludwig Borga is interesting in that uh, he... He is insanely interesting. He He was a pro wrestler who... Uh, feuded with Lex Luger, and he lost to one of the greatest MMA fighters of all time, Randy Couture. Like he just, oh yeah, also he was also a Finnish. He was also a member of Finnish Parliament yeah. and was part of the yeah. uh, the True Finns Party, which is a populist and nationalist oriented Finnish political party. What are, what do you think that's about? Nazi. Yeah, we don't like people of color or another gender. We are here to be only white men. <laughs> oh, no. John, nerd. That's you. Um, and again, it's one of those things where they are building up this heel stable of international guys. Bam Bam Bigelow was sort of forced to work with um, Doink because... Uh-huh. They need, they need him to build the mid card as well as they can't really put him with Lex Luger because he'd make Lex Luger look like a piece of shit. And for some reason, putting him with uh, Bret Hart, I think, would have hurt him too much if they had had him be beaten by Bret Hart at, uh, like another time. So he gets stuck with yeah. Doink. That end. And then he does what? I don't know. First of all, he has a great mixed tag with Luna against Doink and Dink. Where the whole thing is, all he's going to do is beat up and sit on Dink. Also, you said he beat up Dink in real life. <laughs> yeah, you beat up and sit on Dink, buddy. <laughs> uh, for those That's of you, sick. by the way, who don't know, uh, Dink was Doink's um, little... little penis. L- <laughs> it was his penis. <laughs> Doink, it got really weird in the mid-90s. Uh, Doink walked to the ring with his dick out and went, It's my dick! Dink, fuck. <laughs> uh, it was a Eat little see person. My dink, now see my cock. It was. Ugh. It was a little person that uh, uh, escorted Doink to the ring. He also. Yep. He also wrestled as Tiger Jackson and the Macho Midget. <laughs> what a perfect, perfect man. Yeah. He. Uh, his last wrestling appearance was um, at uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break Clusterfuck, where he. Uh, yep. He bit someone named Vita Scott in the ass and eliminated himself from the match. Oh, Vita Scott. That's a lady. That's a nice lady. That sucked. It's pretty great. Bit her in the ass. Yep. How about the end of this match is I lick your ass? Yeah, but this is I lick your ass, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ben Ben Bigelow so then. What are some of his problems with the with the click, though? Do you want to get it? Well, because that, that comes in after the LT match. It's not before. Oh, that's after the LT match. No, because before, like... Apparently, like, all running through this is Bam Bam constantly, like, he didn't like how basically the Sean and, uh, Sonny thing. He didn't like that. And Sean, like, apparently wrote a suicide, like, apparently Chris Candido, they found, like, a note that he, they basically thought was a suicide note, and they just, like... No, because I don't think the Body Donnas were in the Fed by this point. When, um, well, let's try and... Lock that down. No, it was ninety four. The body. I think it was ninety five, baby. Really? All right, I'll check. I'll check that up quick. I'm doing it right now. I'm on it. All right. Um. So where were we then? Yeah. He. Uh. He. They. Him and Luna beat Doink, and him and Luna were a great 
Actually, I, I kind of think that Luna should have just been the cornerstone of a women's division they had. And Bam Bam yeah, they, they did survive on his own, especially... They debuted way. July of 95, almost so that was all post... Uh, like WrestleMania 11 is like the real beginning of the click super taking over. Because okay. that's when it's the build to Sean. That's the famous moment where Shawn Michaels kicks uh, the, the office uh, door of Vince McMahon in and goes, what do I fucking need to do to be your champion? All this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because um, the thing is, is all throughout is Bigelow is basically touted as the first fucking big badass of the million dollar corporation, which he joins in 1994. Um, I didn't like the million dollar corporation just because it was like I loved it. I thought it was great because even at the time, I thought it sucked. I thought it was fucking great because it's one of the. It would make sense really? is that Ted DiBiase can't wrestle anymore, and. It, so yeah. he would be this like fucking magnanimous evil businessman with these various fucking wrestlers. Yeah, I guess that it sounds weird, but when a guy has been just heel for that long, I just couldn't really take him seriously. Is you know what I mean? As him still being a heel, the corporation was all bad. The corporation was all, yeah, but you know what I mean? No, like he, as a kid, just as as a kid, I was like, oh, that's Ted DiBiase. I didn't think of. I just thought. That's I've watched this guy for five years. I don't hate it. It's the whole reason they turn a lot of heels, babyface. It's because like it's hard to keep a guy heel for that long. See, I I totally like I totally bought in for it. It was like right in my strike zone. It was also one of those things where I like an evil corporation. I like that the bad guys are all friends and that they're fucking. These guys are working together. They're being organized by this fucking maniacal laughing dick. Um, I like all of it. I think it just it it works for me. Yeah. Um. Oh, another was, uh, so Bammers and Tatanka were apparently supposed to get the tag team title, but um, the Click uh, didn't think that was a good idea. Yeah, so this is the beginning of the Click meddling in various sort of things. Um, They're supposed to get the tag team championships, but they don't. Um, And they instead, for no reason at a house show, drop it to um, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall right before SummerSlam. Like, they do all these weird fucking things. I honestly don't know why Vince McMahon bought into the fucking clicks bullshit. Like, I would... Because it was like, but he was, that was their dude. Like, Razor Ramon was supposed to be... Razor... Like, Hall fought for the title, like, two months into being a wrestler in the WWF. Diesel was the champion, and he really loved Sean. Like, that's the three top guys and then one of his main mid-card talents was the one two three kid yeah so that's like a lot of talent like those are four of your like dudes who are on your tv you know what i mean like but at a certain point all you needed to do all you needed to do to fuck with them is is basically because it was kevin nash who was the big real it was kevin nash and fucking sean michaels the other two were douchers but they were just drug addicts like it's just yeah like you just needed to fuck with. It's also like what what a big loss would have been Kevin Nash. He was the least drawing champion in the history of professional wrestling. No, cha- yeah. no WWF champion has made less money than Kevin Nash. They, yeah, it's been rewritten as it's, it's true in yeah. history at being someone like CM Punk. It wasn't CM Punk spiked um, uh, viewership and also ratings. Kevin Nash did nothing but draw people the fuck away, and he because he would push it like this. They never really built up to a proper feud with the fucking um, million dollar corporation, which is what it was definitely gearing towards. If the million dollar corporation, they have all this money, it's Ted DiBiase trying to take over the company, which is what they could have done, but they never really pulled the trigger on it. Um, it's alienating all the other wrestlers. It's fucking bullshit. 
Then uh, Tatanka and Bam Bam have another tag team title match against the um, Head Shrinkers. Bam Bam Bingalow and Tatanka fuck up a move. Bam Bam Bingalow falls off the ropes, and he has an interaction with Lawrence Taylor, and that builds to the LT match. Which is huge. I just want to say before we go uh, right in the LT match, apparently um, when Men on a Mission first came in to the WWF, uh, they didn't like anybody, and they were they had a reputation as being uh thinking that everything every job they had to do was because they were black men. Hilarious. And everything was skewed towards uh, white people. And uh, let me just remind you that they did have to share a locker room at the time with a man with a legitimate SS tattoo on his calf. Yeah. In Ludwig. <laughs> so. They were right. Yeah. But apparently, Davy Boy Smith and Owen Hart would still slash their tires every night. Fantastic. What pieces of shit human beings. You're only uh, treating us poorly for because we're black. Hey, just to show you we're not, we're going to slash your tires. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not treating you poorly because you're black. We're treating you poorly because you're new here. But, like, how? How wasn't there just a fight Every day. Like, how wasn't Owen Hart killed far before the Blue Blazer incident? Is Because he slashed up his tires twice. In a, a lot of people thought it was fucking like, Oh, he would do fucking crazy shit. He'd prank all your hotel rooms. Oh, he was a fucking bastard. But it was also like he was wrestling funny. And I guarantee also Vince McMahon found it funny. Vince McMahon, ah, Owen called and gave yeah, you positive sure. tests of AIDS results to your kid. That's good. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, what's that? He put holes in all your condoms, and now your wife's pregnant with my kid. <laughs> you fucked my wife? Yeah. He snuck in at the end of you guys having some mouth on your penis. So that's the kind of prank I like. That's pretty you good. You had to learn something about yourself that you're uncomfortable. But it's even like fucking... Um, did it, like, think about how Owen Hart and Brett went different ways. Owen was like a prankster, like, like fucking screwball and Bret Hart's the most serious man because they were raised by fucking Stu they were raised by a man if you don't make me laugh you're gonna go in the basement and I'm gonna fucking break your fucking finger yeah ain't I break your finger she can piss in your mouth just piss that's all she deserves she doesn't get the good stuff I don't come in I pissed in her and that's how we got Smith on <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the Lawrence Taylor match, Johnny. So Lawrence Taylor is a professional football player who um, has uh, been charged with, um, I don't know what the specific charge name is, but basically he bought a prostitute that turned out to be 13. Uh, so that's the type of person uh, that Van Van Bigelow was wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he got kicked out of the NFL. Still one of the greatest players of all time. There broke a fucking um, guy's broke a guy's leg uh, on Monday Night Football, I believe. Smoking uh, smoking a gram of crack at one point in like immediately in the NFL. Like he was a full fledged crackhead in the NFL and uh, was very so good at the game that that didn't matter. And uh, yeah, just so like legitimately one of the worst people ever uh to play pro sports which is crazy to say i wouldn't say he's he's done everything short of murder he's he's the back half of top 10 but he's not the worst i'm just saying like lawrence taylor for how good he was in his sport oh i see what you're saying yep i agree with that because it's more of like uh like 
post NFL life is so huge. <laughs> if you go to Lawrence Taylor's Wikipedia, it's like a bunch of paragraphs on how good he was as a football player, and then like literally a war and peace just about how he was. Uh, yeah, it's ace man. paragraphs in his post NFL life, which would be called the crimes of Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> He's terrified. Um Also, by the but, way, yeah. you know, you know that he's a bad guy because he goes, "There's two people inside my body. There's LT and there's Lawrence Taylor." And you're like, "Oh, that's yeah. bad." <laughs> you've justified a ton of bad stuff you've done for sure. Yeah. Also, great scene in the Water Boy. Don't smoke crack. <laughs> so it's WrestleMania <laughs> yeah. 11. Business is fucking down. This show is yes. the the fucking roster are a bag of fucking shitheads to the point that Vince McMahon uh-huh. called an early staff meeting at 8 a.m. at the arena. He did this particularly so his entire crew wouldn't show up drunk and on drugs to WrestleMania. Um, and all it was was J.J. Dillon stood in the middle of the ring going, just wanted to ha- let you know that we want you to have a good show tonight. Ha ha. And it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Bam Bam Bigelow was put with Lawrence Taylor. They brought in Lawrence Taylor because they needed the celebrity rub of Lawrence Taylor to sell this fucking pay-per-view, which it, it definitely did and got them a lot of mainstream attention. Um, a lot of it wasn't necessarily good mainstream attention. A lot of it's like, look what this crackhead's doing. Man who fucks kids fights man who looks like he fucks kids. Yeah. Um, but the match is fucking great. I got to tell you, for like a man that's never wrestled before in Bam Bam Bigelow, Bam Bam Bigelow is a fucking badass when it comes to making someone look fucking good. He was specifically chosen to do so. He was paid more than Sean and Diesel uh, in the main event, um, which was brought up and was apparently a problem the click had. And Vince McMahon, one of the few times he didn't bend, was like, the fucking guy made Lawrence Taylor look at like a fucking million bucks. I'm paying him appropriately, which is pretty crazy for Vince McMahon to be like, I respect that man, as opposed to, he should have beaten him up. Cause he's black. But that's what, but that's what Bam Bam does. It's right? it's like, fucking amazing. It was it was a big moment. Now the match is great. What was supposed to happen, and this is a tease for next week, was this was supposed to be the build of Bam Bam Bigelow becoming a major babyface in the WWF. That's how they got him to do it. Really? Yeah. They they basically sold him on the fact that we will make you a big babyface, and create sort of a triumphant sort of crew. Like a round diesel that's also Shawn Michaels, that's also Bam Bam Bigelow. But Bam Bam Bigelow was the first one put in to be that of um, Kevin Nash. Sort of is going to help him against the million dollar corporation, all that sort of stuff. Does that happen, Dylan? We will find out next week. Well, I just want to say the that's crazy because there's a shoot interview. Like Bam Bam out of his own mouth, says they could, they should have kept me heel, And that's why he left. I also think that Bam Bam Bingalow changes history a lot because that's something that Kevin Nash has said in a shoot interview, Xbox said in a shoot interview, what? and someone else that they were going to, that it was to build him into a babyface. And that was his big reward. Because the thing is, you make more money as a babyface, especially oh, then, because you get all, much more merchandising money. The merchandise and stuff. No, man, like, he, Bam Bam Bigelow, like, legit, the reason he left was... That he had, so he had that super profile Lawrence Taylor match, right? Yeah. The whole reason he left was because at this point, what we talked about earlier, the timeline works out where he's he hangs out with Shane Douglas, Chris Candido. That's those are his friends, and they would basically close the locker room, lock it, and then just do blow and whatever and like hang out. This dude, Shawn Michaels, is fucking his 
like best friend's girlfriend to the point where the guy's written a fucking suicide note and then Bam Bam Bigelow is in such a high he's in such a high profile match that he kind of has to has to re- like has to be at the top of the card be recognized as like a top of the card dude but he wanted to stay heel and he thought that making him a babyface was like you're changing the character now the character that you're changing this character that now so many people have seen so many times, like, let me be a fucking heel. Um, and the reason he left for ECW is essentially like, they're going to get me and bury me. And I didn't want to do that. And then I didn't want that to happen. Like, all he's like, basically, his theory is like, I'll job, but I need to win four and lose one. That one can always be on the biggest stage, but I need to win four and lose one. And he knew that he was like, I, I would have just been like buried by Diesel and Sean because I would have been aligned with them but never would have been focused on. I would have just been, like, the back, the exact back of the pick. And he really fucking hated those guys, man. Like, he really hated the click. Oh, my God. They He really fucking hated it. And it gets pretty fucking heated next week, um, especially because the click goes on strike. Vince has to fly in to convince them, and there's r- rumor that uh, one of the people they talked about uh, they wanted fired was Bam Bam. Vince McMahon refused. And they've since rescinded, but no, we want Bam Bam with us. Um, and apparently it's because Bam Bam Bigelow got wind and was like, I'll fucking kill you. Like, everyone else will yeah. pretend to fight you. I have a fucking flame tattooed on my head. I'll fucking <laughs> kill you. Yeah. And- because the thing about the click is what you could see is they've all said, oh, we didn't like Bam Bam as a guy, but he was a good worker, which is code for... Oh, that guy would actually kill us because in the end, we're all pretty big pussies. I don't know about that. Kevin Nash was a, like, they're not, you can't say they're pussies. I mean, Shawn Michaels for sure could have been beaten up by anybody. And he was. This is the only man that the WWF champion got beaten up by a bunch of people in the fucking back of a bar. Yeah, he lost his smile and he got a black eye. Ooh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, another, here's a fun piece of trivia for you. When Bret Hart rolled up Bam Bam Bigelow to win the 1993 King of the Ring, as three counted, he farted. <laughs> <laughs> he farted and said it was like really badly smelling. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't that spot. Sorry. It was like Bam Bam rolled him up and then Bret farted. It's the best thing. He's like, oh, these fucking protein powder farts. <laughs> It's the best thing I've ever heard. Because he was just yeah. Because Bret Hart didn't do steroids. He did it the right way, which means he farted <laughs> so much. If anyone's ever done protein powder, I have. You literally are farting. All right, Dylan. That's you just farts. Best thing about Bam Bam Bigelow during this run, uh, this fucking f- same thing. It's gonna be his skull tattoo. It's gonna be the same thing next week. This is the sickest thing in wrestling history. And he created himself a hairline. Nice. Uh, incorrect. The best thing about him is the fact that he got farted on by Bret Hart. That's true, yeah. <laughs> that is a statement of dominance. <laughs> yeah, but he took it like a man. Worst thing about Ooh, yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow in this phase of his career. Uh, probably talking. They didn't trust him to talk, and that probably uh, ruined most of his push. I'm going to say it was his theme song when he came in with Oliver Humperdinck. Oh, oh no. He, the other thing is, we didn't even mention talk about this, is how... You can watch any tape of this, by the way. When Bam Bam Bigelow walks down the ring in the early 90s in his second run in the WWF and his theme song is just BAM! BAM! Yeah. He mouths the words Bam Bam the whole time. <sighs> it's very funny. He mouths Bam Bam the whole time. Bam, very good stuff. Bam. So his theme song was the hot jazz that would play? Yeah. Coming down to the ring, here's some, here's some Barry White that'll really turn you on. 
from this young fuck thing. Yeah. Hello, Central New Jersey. Please welcome a man who once ate a saxophone. <laughs> I think. Uh, all right, I'm gonna. We should make like John does and wrap it up. Uh, next week we'll be going in like I do, Rob. <laughs> And then uh, make it like John's mom and, uh, I don't know, having an abortion in the middle of an alley that she did herself or whatever. I don't know if she did it herself. She kind of stuck a bunch of pliers up there and just saw if everything worked Yo, out. Yo, what's up? That's what. That's how I was born. Really? No. Oh. All right. For Dylan Yacht and Dylan Yacht. I'm, I'm John Dylan Hastings. Yacht. Please, Dylan Yacht to Dylan Yacht, Dylan Yacht. Bye, bye, bye. bye. Don't smoke crack. <laughs> bye bye on the line you know there comes a time in every man's life when he gets a chance yeah opportunity knocks well it's knocking right now and it's knocking on my door because i am bam bam pickle and i am the beast from these and my opportunity is to take on you bret hart the hitman the world wrestling federation champion you know i gotta give you some credit you've been taking on title match after title match each time being successful. Well, this time is your last time, Bret Hart, because when I get you in the ring, it's no more fun, it's no more games, it's all serious. And I mean business, Bret Hart, because I'm gonna be the next World Wrestling Federation Champion.